Dude, I it, I am losing my mind with these goddamn commuters out there. I I almost scrapped with someone on the train today. Like, I don't know. Have you ever have you ever lived in like a, a commuting city? Have you have you worked in a, like did you have you lived in New York when you had to commute or anything like that or ride subways around very often? No, yeah. thankfully. It, it's horrific. It, it's so bad because they always get packed like right at you know, the same time. Like I can't even like make myself be a good worker and maybe stay for like 10 minutes every now and then finish up some work because I got to jolt out the fucking door of my office just to get to the train before I get turned into like a can of spam with all these people. Like I had this dude trying to hip check me today to like get me to move in further. And I like gave him a hip check back. And then we were just like basically hip checking each other for a while. And then, you know, swore at each other for a bit. And that was the basically the end of that. Uh, you know what? I think Chicago is the rudest city I've ever been to. I don't know what anyone says about this, like, Midwest, uh, you know, friendship. And, like, everyone knows each other. No, I've never even been looked in the eyes by anyone around Chicago, let alone, you know, said hi. Like, I swear to God, there's a, pro- there's a problem when the friendliest people in the city are the homeless people. I swear to God, I strike up better conversations with homeless people than I do anyone I've ever been near when just you know maneuvering around the city. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. People like to say that New York folks it's not true. Are rude or city folk, city folks aren't rude. They just mind their damn business. Exactly. There's there's kind of like a, a mutual respect for each other there that is just absent here. Like it's just even just walking down the sidewalk, like. Yeah. Like uh-huh. there, there's a mutual respect that people are going to walk faster than you if you're just strolling and that you shouldn't walk in the middle of the sidewalk because you live in a city and people have to go around you. There's snow everywhere. Well, I, you know, a lot of other places in Connecticut are very, I would say, snooty, nose in the air kind of areas. And that's actually why I really enjoy Danbury is because Danbury, everybody minds their own business. Yeah. You know, I, I walk down the street. Nobody looks at me. I don't look at them. And we enjoy yeah. it. That. And it's fine. Nobody like, bothers me. I'm I'm good with that. There's just like has to also be like a respect for society where like, you know, it's like driving like there's pedestrian rules the same that there are road rules and pedestrian rules are just completely like destroyed. And then like I the worst drivers I've ever seen around here, too, like just the the most asshole drivers. Um, I've, I've often almost gotten into trouble from throwing like cups of whatever I'm drinking at a guy who cuts me off in a crosswalk. Um, you know, I'm, that's I'm like my to, biggest pet peeve and i just like i just fucking let them wail i'm starting to wonder if it's you or if it's the folks because i feel like the last three months you've had so, <laughs> you've had so many run-ins i'm starting to think that it's just you there like you a, just you're just immediately fed up like you're just <laughs> like you're, you're just you're just altering the story by a little bit like you're the one who's hip checked first like there, the guy just retaliated you didn't expect him to so it made you angry there was a couple of months ago uh like probably like around last March or April and I was working as an intern at this place and I was commuting in like one afternoon. I was like, it was, I was working nights. So I'm commuting in, I get off the train and like, I'm in like a, a like kind of a crowded businessy part of town. Everyone's kind of trying to leave it. So I go and use my right of way as a pedestrian and start walking across the sidewalk. And then like, it's underneath a train track and it's like a four way intersection. So the guy from who's like, you know, a, a like, coming towards me on the other side of all the crosswalks tries to zoom around me through the, uh, through the intersection there. And I can't cause he would hit me and then it would be money. 
uh, started just laying on his horn and like flipping me off the whole time. So as he tried to zoom past me, I fucking turned and kicked his uh, passenger side door in. Yeah, yeah, it's just you. And it's then, just you. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that I'm hearing is just you not helping things. I just I don't react well when people are just like assholes out of the blue. I think that's just kind of what it is. I mean, the Bob Ross incident from last year too, and like the Bob Ross incident is what tipped me off to, to maybe it being you, but I just. <laughs> I just left it in the memory bank. I just waited a little bit. Uh, I'm just tired, and, and now man. I have evidence. Yeah, I'm tired I'm, I'm, of these assholes. It's killing me. It is just, oh my goodness. Maybe to sign, come back on Long Island. Yeah, to Long Island. But you got to go on it to get there. You got to be in it to win it. I'm going to bring Joe in. But you, you can't go in Long Island. You have to go. This is true. This is on true. Long Island is a thing that I've learned and been yelled at for. This is true. I mean, I don't expect you to know all there in Connecticut. I always want to see your town, but I never want to, like, you know, tell people where you live or anything like that. So, you know. Hey, Joe. Hey, guys. What's going on? Nothing. We're, we're uh, just talking about anger. Anger? Yeah. Well, I was angry. I'm, I'm really angry uh, at being a commuter in a metropolitan city and having to deal no, with no, crazy. No, no, no. Anthony, we, I just had the revelation. Kyle, months... Kyle, before you turn your mic down, before you do that. <laughs> I can't I can't turn it down anymore. Okay, just, just move it. Okay, that's good. Just keep it there. Okay. I had this revelation that Anthony, for the last couple of months, we'll come on the pod, we'll talk in the beginning of the pod, cold open, because whatever. I, I basically walk right off the train and right into the seat and start recording. So I, I get I'm a little, a little right, fired. He tells you these stories about how it's always these other people that have angered him and wronged him. And then I had the revelation that I was like, maybe it's just you. Maybe you're the angry one. It's <laughs> just totally normal. And then uh, I think we've kind of agreed that you know maybe <laughs> just that maybe it is. I, so Anthony's uh, the problem. I don't. Just, I don't know what the fuck Sorry. I'm doing wrong though. Like I'm just like. <laughs> You just told me a story that you kicked somebody's passenger door. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, I, I like I nearly sprayed. I, I, I can't imagine that it was it was that worth it. No, it was. It absolutely fucking was. I I sprained my ankle a little bit too, and it totally was because he was. That. I don't. Think, yeah, I sure did, but he deserved to have his door kicked in too. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Why did he deserve to get his door kicked? Just, in? Joe, I'm gonna have to because I, I I don't want to. Bore the people again. You're gonna have to go and listen to the pod when it comes out. No, yeah, all right, I'll just take it out of context. Yeah, it just it's someone being an asshole to me, and that and then I just I fired back, and that's all it was. That's all it was. I also like kind of think that I'm relatively. I don't think I'm strong, but I think I'm durable. <laughs> so like I I think I could take a punch, and then if you know if worse comes to worse, so. Have you ever taken a punch? Yeah, a couple of times. It's not great. Was it you or was it Bob Ross? That it was Bob punch? Ross, but it wasn't quite me. Um. All right. Why don't we? Do I, uh, sound, all right? do I sound all right? Yeah, Joe, you sound great. Sound hey. handsome. Yeah, you said oh, you do oh. sound handsome. All facts. Um. All right. Well, let's. Uh, now that we're all cheerful and a little bit angry, let's get into the devastating news. Columbia, Columbia, 
Welcome, everybody, to a very morose episode of the TKW podcast. I'm Anthony Corbo. I'm joined here today by my usual, begrudgingly by my usual partner in crime, Kyle Maggio. What's up? And to spice things up a little bit and breathe some life into us, uh, from the Off the Wall podcast, the fantastic Joseph Nardone is here with us, too. Joe, how are you? Threesome, baby. I'm here to spice up your guys' love life. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, since since we're there, um, there's no other way to address anything further in this podcast than by saying that Kristaps Porzingis tore his ACL on Tuesday, in Tuesday night's game. Uh, we all saw it. We all know what happened by now. I don't need to go too far into it. You know, that... It's tough to watch. It's tough to talk about, and it's going to be tough to get through. So thanks to everyone who's here and sticking with us. Guys, reactions to the Kristaps Porzingis injury, just let him fly. You guys go first because I did the emergency pod, so I don't you want to do get worked up right pod. now. I, so I'm not going to talk about what I expect to happen. I'm going to save that kind of for the end of the episode, but... Just and I was just, you know, it it doesn't sink in entirely until you see the official words ACL tear. Um, like I, you know, I I watched the injury. I was like, this is bad. This doesn't look good. Like, but I was like the whole time I'm like, this is just gonna end up being a sprained ankle. It's all okay. And then, you know, I I go, I go over to uh to my girlfriend's place and we're all hanging out. It's her, her roommates, all of us, just you know watching watching the movie. And it was, I was feeling good, like feeling optimistic, ate a bunch of food. I was happy. And then the second I saw the words ACL tear, my like stomach dropped everything. I, I couldn't like cheer myself up for shit for the rest of the night. And I was, I was in full on grief mode. Um, it was, man, it, it was just hard, hard to watch, hard to take. Like I remember watching Shumpert tear his a couple of years ago. Um, and being like pretty devastated about that too, especially with like how overhyped Knicks fans were about Iman Shumpert at the time. But I mean, this, I like, I didn't even know how bad it could truly feel to watch that shit until we just witnessed that. But it's going to be a long road. Joe, tell us, tell us something. Um, well, I didn't see it live. I was working on uh, a story and then I got a text from a colleague that said, uh, it literally just had an emoji of a unicorn and then a sad face. So I turned to Twitter and I saw pictures of Kristaps down. And then I saw like I saw somebody tweet out about the ACL. Uh, my initial reaction, to be honest, was to think about my uh, off-the-wall podcast co-host, Jared Mintz. I tweeted him to see if he was okay. He said no. Um, and then depression set in because whenever somebody gets hurt, it sucks. It really does. But then when it's somebody like, a large human and it's an ACL. You get nervous immediately. My, my immediate reaction is what does this mean in the long term? Is he going to be athletic? Is he going to be this? Does this just ruin the New York Knicks building plans for the next decade? And uh, I got really depressed and sad. And then I checked your guys Slack channel. Um, then I got more depressed and sad. It wasn't any better. And uh, it was a I've been place. afraid. I've been afraid to check. The, I've, I have checked it, but I, I've been afraid to revisit the Slack channel ever since. Yeah, I, I was doing the highlights for this game, and God bless you. All, 
Yeah, and and although although the first half, I mean, the Knicks ended up, I think, being down by four at the end of the first. I mean, it was a good competitive back and forth game, and KP had like two blocks on Giannis, like just good ones. Like Giannis was being all like just doing his lengthy, crafty Euro step bullshit. And then KP was just figuring out where he was going, swatted him a few times. It was great. And then KP comes rumbling down the floor. And then again, you know, Matt said it, it was a classic KP dunk. It just comes running down the lane, full in stride. You know, he's going to dunk it. You can't do anything about it. Giannis tried, got yammed on. I'm like instantaneously. I'm like, this is perfect. I'm going to get the clip now. And then, cause I stopped looking as soon as the dunk happened. I didn't even, it didn't even click that he had fallen. And, uh, you know, two or three seconds later, you hear Mike Breen and, you know, they start talking about, oh, and, you know, he's not getting up. And then I was like, what? So now I stopped doing the clip and I look up and now he's not moving. I'm like, all right, you know, he just landed funny. He'll be OK. Start trying to do the clip again. And then they're like, oh, he's really in pain. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. And then, I mean, you take a a good long look at what he's grabbing, how he's grabbing it. And we've seen that exact same knee grab thousands of times, you know, especially on Twitter with different versions of it being memed or photoshopped into different things, especially Derek Rose's case. So I just started thinking about all those things and it, it, it was such a roller coaster because in one second he's doing, he's doing the Chris steps things. You know, he he's towering over Giannis of all people, the freak athlete who's, you know, of his same stature and build and size. And then the next minute he's on the ground, he was so big and so small all in a couple of seconds. And I think that's what was most tragic. And yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, not to like open the whole camera uh, can of worms that me and Matt discussed the other night, but I'm cautiously optimistic that despite his, his size and um, his build that he's going to be able to rebound from this mostly effectively. Yeah. Uh, the guys come back from ACLs a lot now. Uh, guys that depend on being ex- more explosive and quick than KP is and their wing players, guards, what have you. Right. And, and they come back and have good, I mean, Jabari Parker, for Christ's sake, has come back from the same ACL twice. Now we, we have yet to see what he looks like after the second one, but still, so, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that he'll be mostly the same player. He uses length for a lot of things. You know, it's not just like he's overly quick to always blow by you. It's not like he's, always going to jump over you. He's just seven, three, he shoots over right. you a lot. So, I mean, he's good at using his length. I, I don't so, see that change. Let's use, let's, let's worry about what the Knicks are going to do later. Let's focus just on what we think, what we can make out of this whole KP injury. Like you're saying, how is he going to come back? What's he going to look like? And I think a lot of people have been thinking that over the last couple of days. Um, I know it's been like just all over my mind, like what kind of players this guy going to be when he comes back from this. Um, you know, the good thing that he has in his favor is he's young. You know, he, he's 22 or did he turn 23? He's still 22. He's still 22. He's 22 years old. So, you know, even if he comes back and he's 23, 24, there's still plenty, that's plenty of time for him to still, you know, recover from this. Um, that being said, his size definitely does not lend, uh, the same kind of credence to that, uh, you know, optimistic recovery. Because, you know, you, you see the history of these guys who have been injured like that in the past and, you know, at his size or above seven feet. And it, it's just, it's not great, but it's also, you know, a new era. People are recovering from things faster from, you know, previously career ending injuries. 
My thing is that I think he's going to kind of have to hone his game a little bit. Um, I think this could help him in a couple of ways, uh, you know, when he's coming back from this, when he can finally put some weight on his leg, when he's finally back to practicing. You know, that's when it's going to come time to rehone his game. And, you know, I think maybe he'll slow down a little bit. Maybe he'll work to, you know, become more of the post presence that everyone's kind of been calling him for him to be. I don't know if he needs to put on more weight than what he's at now. I don't know if that might have been a cause for this, the overexertion. Uh, but I think even, you know, he could be working on his shooting. I think he could even, you know, solidify his range while he's while he's injured here. Like he in the year that it takes to recover and it's a hard recovery process, but there is time for him to still be developing as crazy as it sounds. Um, I don't know. What do you guys what do you guys see about his game that you think is going to be able to translate over from this still? And what do you think is going to be changed about him? I think he's really kind of already skilled the way it is. Um, you were talking about both of you guys were talking about the injury and being young and then being concerned about being larger and how, what that means for the return. The scenario, the player that comes to my mind when I think about it, but it was far worse and it was 30 years ago, which means science is much better now, but it actually didn't hurt him. It forced him to get better in other areas was Arvita Sabonis when he played overseas. Um, I used to watch, I used to watch a ton of video of him, um, when I was younger, because I'm a nerd. And uh, when he started off, he was kind of the first unicorn, the guy that could shoot threes, very athletic, could dribble around guys that are, were his size and just get to the rim. And then his knees, like he, by the time he got to the States, he already had no knees left. He had nothing left, no athleticism whatsoever. But because of that, over time, even early in his mid 20s, when he was still playing overseas, is he started to develop a jumper. His footwork got a lot better. He put on muscle because he realized um, the limitations he had because he lost a little bit of athleticism. So I do wonder, like like Anthony was saying, I'm not saying this is a good thing because it's not. Like it's never a good thing when a player gets hurt. But sometimes it forces players to um, focus on areas they otherwise wouldn't because they get away with that being athletic. Michael Jordan in his early in his career wasn't a great jump shooter because he could just jump over everybody. As that athleticism waned, he had to focus on becoming a better jump shooter. Um, so, yeah, I think when the idea here, in theory, best case scenario is he uses his time to put on some muscle. Maybe he tries to figure out ways to be a little more skilled near the rim. And I think largely this could be a deal where he realizes, hey, I got to play closer to the basket. So I'm not, you know, I'm, it's going to happen anyway. But like you're not doing these fast break transition dunks where you're going to freakishly land. And you can't plan on it. Freakishly land on another dude's ankle foot. Um, yeah, and you know what? I think even looking at the play, I don't even know if he quite uh, baited onto his foot. It looked like he just kind of like stepped backwards, and it just it just snapped under his weight. And a lot well, of whether... people, it, it's kind of a lot of people have been saying, have been linking this injury back to his comments of being so tired a couple of weeks ago. Nothing to do with it. Nothing, nothing to do with it. No, no nothing to do with it because. It's not like had he just been, uh, you know, we've seen like non-contact ACL injuries and while, yeah, I mean, maybe some fatigue plays a part in it, you know, certainly that would probably make it easier, more susceptible to tear. I don't see a full-blown ACL tear in that circumstance being attributed to just being tired or just being fatigued. I mean, he comes off an explosive play, uh, play. He throws down a vicious dunk and 
they I mean I wouldn't call it like a collision collision, but they collided. They bumped in the air. You know, it looked like KP was trying to avoid landing on him. And it just was a bad fall. I, I mean, that doesn't mean, you know, he's injury prone. That doesn't mean it's because he's fatigued or it's because he's tired. I, sometimes it's just as simple as what it looks like. It was just an awkward fall. I mean, that's just the way I keep looking at it. I don't think this has anything to do with him being exhausted or gassed or fatigued. You know? Well, could your ACL even be fatigued? Is that a thing? I'm asking because I don't know. This I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's not like an Achilles, right? Like an Achilles no, no, over no. time could rupture. I don't know. I don't think it's like that, but I think it, I think wear and tear, you know, probably plays a part over a, an NBA season. I think that's my point is just like, yeah, maybe wear and tear plays a part fatigue that way, but not in, in the same sense as, uh, as an Achilles. And I, I just don't think it's, I don't know. I just don't think it's significant enough. Not in this instance, not with that play is I guess the point that I am trying to make. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I, I you know, it's not anything. Again, you know, it's a lot of New York media, you know, searching for the story in there. It's a lot of people, you know, I think not even I think it's, you know, with Knicks fans because of the hands that we've been dealt over, you know, any number of years, you know, sadness very quickly turns to anger with us, I believe. Um, So when you see, you know, you're looking for answers here, you're looking for ways to, you know, get mad at someone for letting this happen, you know, to us, you're looking to place blame. Um, and, you know, honestly, you know, it might be looking for ammo here to go against Hornacek. So, you know, there's no way to know. There's no way to make this assumption. It just, it is what it is at this point. There's, there's not really too much more to say, I don't think, you know. We can talk about what the Knicks are going to do a little later, but, um, do you guys have anything more on this before we talk about uh, some trade deadline stuff? Maybe no, it's, a little more sucks. optimistic here. No, it's it sucks. Everything about this sucks. We could find some silver linings if we try hard enough and talk ourselves into them, but everything sucks. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's what it, your franchise cornerstone tears his ACL. I mean, everything has to break right for this to be. Let's just. Let's just or not okay. break at all. Nothing could break at all. Let's just take take some breaths here. Just take a couple of deep breaths. Like, like his his recovery would have to go perfectly. He'd also have to improve on things that he's weak at during this recovery no, process. No, we don't. We, we don't. We don't. Upper need, body no, 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 no. We don't need to do this right now. He has to come back. We don't need to. Situation. We don't need to like, do this right now. It's a whole can of worms. It's a whole. It sucks. We don't need to do this right now. It's it sucks, but let's let's proceed. All right. The Knicks made a trade today. The Knicks made a trade today. They made a trade today. They made a trade uh, yesterday. Uh, so let's start there. Let's start with uh, the beloved Billy Hernan Gomez is out the door uh, for old Yanni O'Brien. I was going to go Irish there, but it didn't work. Yeah, that was, I don't know if that was <laughs> bad or if it was offensive, but it was something. <laughs> I didn't mean it. Johnny O'Brien, and who was very quickly waived. Um, and two second round picks that goal, came back. It? Once in the goes, he's like, man, I was like, when he first came over, I was like, kind of envisioning like you know a retired Johnny O'Brien stopping by a Knicks game, and then it says like, you know, Knicks legend Johnny O'Brien with Ether. It's just it's chaos. Anyway, so we got O'Brien and we got rid of O'Brien. Um, and then today the bigger trade 
uh, Emmanuel Moutier, who I feel like has been linked to the Knicks for a while. His name has definitely popped up a lot. And, you know, I think he was the guy that a lot of Knicks fans thought that we were going to get when Chris Stapps got drafted. I think that kid in the fucking goggles thought so. But um, Moutier's here, finally. We sent McDermott down to Dallas. It was a three-way trade. Swap picks with da- with uh, Denver. Um, yeah. What do you guys uh, think of the trade today? I know there's a lot of mixed feelings because Moutier has been bad. A couple, couple things. But yeah. I just want to touch on something not trade-related first. Fuck that little kid in the goggles. Yeah, that the, kid has I, been, I don't know. That is kid that the same kid? Fraud. That kid has been a fraud since day one. Yeah, he sees right. everyone booing. It was it was this weak ass fake cry, double thumbs down boo thing. He's recording himself as he's doing it, trying was, to be. Do you cute. think he was set up? That kid, that yes, that kid sucks. That kid <laughs> is well, terrible. Do you think he was he's set the up? Logan Paul of preteens. Thank you. Oh my god. Fucking Joe gets it. Oh man. my he sucks. god. Dude, the whole thing was staged, man. I remember that's seeing what I was that. Saying. He, I think that. And I the think Twitter that, was like, he, "Yay!" And like, "Fuck this like kid." He was like smiling as he's crying, and then people just like fell for like, "Oh, look at this crying kid, the crying, the crying Knicks fan." Like, he's like, he did this like, "Oh, fake boohoo thing," and then he like starts like laughing, and then, "Oh, was that was I that big?" I'm six, and is I have that no picture, understanding of a European big. I just shut the fuck up. Is that picture legit? No. You don't think it's the same kid, or it's you know shopped or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. He didn't age, I guess, because the Kristaps thing pick was a few years ago. Now this, this is point. true. This is true. But it's I, fucking uncanny. That that yeah, it is. It is. But that kid sucks. He does suck. His not saying it's your fault, kid. Struggling. Are you fucking Valentino just hit a three on us, like to open this game up? What a dick. Um. Yeah, sorry. We're you know we're probably not gonna be able to talk about too much Knicks Raptors in this, but let's talk about Moutier. Um. He sucks. Okay. He sucks. <laughs> He's been bad every every He's year. Not... Listen, can I, can I give my hot take on him first? Yeah, please. Okay, first of all, like there's they're not really taking a huge risk on him here. Like, I mean, I know Doug McDermott, House McDermott, however, like he wasn't a long term answer for the Knicks. So like <clears throat> him in a second isn't really that big of a deal. But uh Moutier's a guard that can't shoot at all. Like yeah. well below forty percent from the field his entire career. That was his MO coming out of coming out of high school was a dude couldn't shoot. Um doesn't shoot very well from three. Uh kind of turnover prone. His minutes per game has gone down every year he's been in the NBA. Not a great sign. So, like, people are going to do this thing where, like, he's only 21. He's only 21. He's only 21. Man. He is only awesome. 21. He is only 21. But from 19 to 21, everything's gotten worse. He's well, like, never well, stopped believing in him. His number, like, his efficiency numbers look a little bit better. But that's because he's not playing 18 minutes per game anymore. You're not wrong. I agree with 95% of what you just said. Everything is correct. But I will give him credit, and I was very vocal about this on Twitter all day. Once the trade broke, I said he stinks. I don't want him. He stinks. He's always stunk. He's not good. He's he stinks right now. I don't know if he'll get better. He's 21. Improvement is certainly possible, but he's only stunk. I don't know how possible it is. Oh, however, yeah. however, his first two years, 
He shot 31.9% from three. His second year, he shot 31.5% from three. Identical, really. This year, he's shooting 37.3%, which it's on about one less three per game, but that is a significant which increase. Which is fine. Like, if he's which, realizing that he needs to take less shots because he's not hitting them, then that's a very smart yes. Well, that's not decision. why he's taking less shots. He's playing... The, okay, yes, that, that is true. Right, um, so... So that's why I'm saying, while yes, everything is most accurate, and I agree that he stinks. <laughs> he, he he is, to his credit, factually hitting at a better percentage from threes. And that's like, all that I got. Why the and, fuck not? Honestly, like it, it, I think this was honestly just a why why not move. It, it's a very it's a very it's a safe risk. It's a face. It's a very safe like lateral move. Like he doesn't really do anything. I think to me, this is the only thing that I could think of is KP's gone. You're just trying to stockpile what is whatever in your opinion is top, you know, top young talent. So you have Frank who's 19. You're taking a chance on a 20 year old, 21 year old Moutier at a position of need for a guy, you know, you traded a guy you probably weren't going to keep anyway. Like I, I understand that. Like they, they got him for basically nothing. I think it's a fine gamble. I don't think it actually pays off. I don't see that there's a, a ton of upside, but like I understood why. McDermott I, I was at his ceiling. I don't see him really progressing any further than what he's at right now. You, you, they didn't even give up a second round pick in the deal. They had they were just swapping it with Denver. So it's and like you know you get another shot at a lottery pick. Now they have three lottery picks. Um, you know for point guards that they could choose between. You know two of them haven't hit yet in their couple of years, but you know you think one out of three might fucking hit. So. You know, while you have all of them here, you take the chance. Chris stops is out for a year anyway. None of this matters. So you just try and then whatever is left over when he's we're ready to resume whatever process this is. Then you know, you evaluate that. But for right now, we're back to just like stabs in the dark and like you know, let's just fucking go get Josh Smith again. It doesn't matter. Or uh not Josh Smith, uh Jason Smith. <laughs> I, I asked Get I asked Josh Smith. My... It doesn't fucking matter. It's... Get all the Smiths. Everybody knows that I love to fuck with the Nuggets fans because Nikola Jokic stinks. But I did ask one of my uh, Nugget Nuggets <laughs> followers, Rafael Torres. Uh, just little plug for him. Rafael Torres NBA is his handle. So somebody was asking me what I thought about the trade, and I just said that he stinks. I don't think it's a mistake, <laughs> but he stinks. Um, and then he basically said, "Well, I think." You know, someone like Moutier can look really good running the pick and pop with Porzingis, don't you think? He can constantly attack downhill. I think all the guards Dirk uh, made average to above average with the spacing he provides. So then I quoted it and I said, hey, I'm just going to defer to Raphael on this who watches every Nuggets game. So he, I've watched a bunch of Nuggets games, but, you know, going to defer to the expert on the Nuggets. So he said he's not very efficient in the PNR and he's turnover prone, which won't help in the pick and pop. His three-point jump shot is better this season, but he double clutches a lot, which throws his shot off. Defenders will back off, making it difficult to run any screen plays up top. So it's not great. It's not great. Again, yes, he's young. He can't improve, possibly. It, it just, he stinks right now. That's what it is. I, we could all be wrong. He could get better to some degree. Right now, he stinks, and he has only stunk. Kyle, are you watching the, uh, you watching the Knicks game right now? I am not for my own mental health. Fair enough. There is, we're going to be watching so much Michael Beasley ball for the rest of this year. 
there That's is the best thing that can so much Michael Beasley going on right now. And it's like, a, like in the span of you just have it like talking right there. He threw the most beautiful falling out of bounds pass I've ever seen. Like from underneath the rim all the way into the corner, which got swung back to Jared Jack who hit a three. And then he, on the next play, he went to ISO and got like, tried to go up for a dunk. Probably was short by like four inches of even getting to the rim and stuffed by Valance Eunice. This is, this is what we are in. This is what we're doing now. This is what we're doing now. Do you guys want some really depressing uh, Moutier numbers? Yeah, let's stack them right along. I can't wait to see the Michael Beasley, Emmanuel Moutier pick and roll. It's going to be great. Uh, well, the, well, hopefully the pick and roll involves him um, being spot up three-point shooter because out of his three-pointers made, it's 80% of him is not moving. They have to be assisted. And then at the rim, he's shooting 49% at the rim. So he better not be attacking the rim in the pick and rolls. So you're saying if he stands completely still, we have a chance. I'm saying, oh, yeah, if he doesn't have to move, he could be all right. He could be Steve Kerr. I like it. Book it. Book it. Don't move. Book That's it. the plan, Hornacek. Do not move him. Just have him stand completely still. Fuck yeah. All right. That's the key. That's really bad. That uh, <laughs> shoot 49% at the rim. <laughs> that's really really bad um no but that's just more now Trey young's really bad at the rim he shoots at 50 percent at the rim in college dude and it, take. and this uh and this cantor is about to clean up though like his points per game are going to go way up on all these moody a misses he's going to do 25 25 right away he's he's going to be like numbers. on a bargain contract next year just you watch you're going to sign him to like a all nba max thing or whatever like, the contract <laughs> is and this canner new franchise cornerstone as long as you got Moutier missing at the rim. I'm looking at Moutier's mid-range. They're, man, his he sucks, man. He's I'm looking good. at the advanced. Yeah, this is. I was trying to he's like, oh, let me scroll down basketball reference and find a positive. And uh outside of him shooting well when he doesn't move at all, um, it's all negative. This is the good news for today. This is the oh. fucking good news that we're supposed to be talking about today. He's only 21, though. He's only 21, look, though. That's what we got to keep saying, I guess. I, I, look, I understand that, like, some guys <laughs> bloom late. Some guy, like, I, I personally don't have any hope that this pans out. And I don't really need to have any hope anyway because we gave up nothing for, like, this is, a, like I said, it's a very lateral move. Like, nothing, if nothing comes to this, no one, no one's going to care because it didn't really harm the Knicks in any capacity. So, anything. That anything good that comes of this, even the slightest improvement, it's like, oh, that's not bad. I guess that's not a terrible thing. Uh, the only good that I hope comes of this, and I said this on Twitter before as well, if it makes more sense to me, if you're basically trading for Moutier to like just run out any semblance of Frank, um, Frank Moutier and Burke, and just you just let them run wild. Like I, I don't care if you run two of them at a time together. I don't care if they make up the entire point guard rotation. Like if they're the ones eating the minutes, then like, sure. You're just experimenting with three young guards that you have some kind of faith in to some degree. And you're just hoping basically you're throwing shit at the wall and hoping something sticks. That's so, what I'm saying. They got a one in three shot of the lottery pick panning out here. Yeah. So, I mean, at that point I'd be like, it, it's dumb, but I guess it's fine. I see the reasoning. You have uh, another lost year ahead of you. So it's not the worst thing in the world, but it, it's, I don't know. Oh, we've got another lost year in front of us, bud. And, and, and now, mind you, at draft time, I don't want to sit here and pretend like I've always thought Moutier stunk. Like, come draft time, when not you could have watched a ton of tape on KP, 
and still not really have known who KP was. I wanted a guard. We, we've been starved for guards in New York forever. So when it was draft time, I was like, look, if there's a good young guard, I want to get him. And everyone's like, Moutier's that guy. And I'm like, Moutier's the guy that I want. And I was very open about it. I was like, I, I just, I just want, it's like with the Jets. Jets haven't had a QB in forever. I don't care who it is. If you draft who you think's a good QB, that's not Josh Allen. And he stinks. Okay. All right. You tried. You took the position to need. I understand if it doesn't work. So that's how I felt going into 2015. I was like, take the guard, take booty. I love it. They took KP. I was angry. We didn't have a guard. KP later turned out to be KP. And if I, you know, Moody, turned out to be Moody. I was not mad, but going into the draft, I did want Moody. Not going to sit here and lie to people, but I did. I think I did too. Honestly, like, like he was the one that I think everyone thought we were going to grab. Like that, that was the talk at the time. I also wanted justice Winslow. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he was there too. It was a popular opinion. I don't want to hear it from everyone who's saying that. Yeah, you know, this isn't like I was sitting here going like, "Well, KP is going to be a bust. He for sure sucks." I was like, "Well, no, I just really wanted. I I I like guards. We all like guards. It's a guards league. I I did want to see that. I wanted us to get a guard, but it wasn't in the cards. We got KP. It's great, but I don't want to sit here and pretend like I've been ragging on him since before the draft. I did want him, so hopefully, I'd like to be wrong. I'd like for him to be the outlier who improves significantly since we trade for him, but we'll see. Maybe it's a chance he builds still. You never know. You know, you, you honestly never know, but from what we do know is that he stunk. Correct. There's no reason to think he'll be good, but no. there's like that one in a billion chance he's chance he builds. be better than ron baker i'll be happy well that's the i mean if that's the floor we're gonna do all right here i think that's yeah, what yeah. i'm saying because ron baker sucks and he he's does. out for the season and he's out for the season ron baker is a glorified fucking punching bag i come to realize yeah i mean i don't i just don't know why we do this we do this every year every year we all have like our one role player that we like romanticize andy routens LeVar Postel. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Lee Nalon. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like we all we all do this. It's just I, I, I don't know. I, he's not good. He, he does like a couple of things. OK, because he's still young. He's athletic enough to do a couple th- like effort wise. He defends pretty well. He like that's it. Is this Baker or Moutier? Baker, not Moutier. Moutier can't defend. Well, Baker's not a very good defender either. I don't know where you guys... Is there numbers? No, 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 no. He's not a good that, defender. He could just take He's not a, a good punch. defender. He's not a good defender. That's he's just white? The thing, that's just the thing that he does best of the things that he does. <laughs> that's, the thing that's, he does best is not good. What? Yeah, that's... He's not good. He's not good. Can we just... What, what else do we have? Can we move off yeah, of Yeah, we can move on. Uh, let, <laughs> you know what, let's, just, let's just move on to, like, just general NBA. Like, we're just going to do off the wall here. Uh, that's a good podcast I heard well well, quickly 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 before we move all the way on from Knicks for for roughly three years in a row now we thought for sure Kyle O'Quinn or Courtney Lee were going to get moved oh yeah let's talk about them I forgot Kyle O'Quinn and Courtney Lee did not get moved and I don't want to sit here and be like are you shocked you know neither one of them got traded but definitely not shocked which which one are you more surprised at because for me it's based on age, based on contract, and based on being the best big on the Knicks, not named Kristaps Porzingis this year. Um, I'm just, 
I am shocked Kyle O'Quinn didn't get traded. It, Courtney Lee, I thought maybe he's making $11 million a year. He's 33. Maybe some teams didn't want to trade for him. I don't know. I thought it's he, honestly, I thought he had to find it. It's a toss-up for me because I thought, like, you know, Cor- I, for all the same concerns with Courtney Lee, like, I thought there were going to be there was going to be a team who could use the services well enough because he's a valuable wing, um, you know, and, and would give up that late first-round pick. Um, on the other hand, I thought that the Knicks were just so convinced that they were going to trade Kyle O'Quinn that they would have given him up for nothing. They would have done that fucking Peyton deal. Um, you know, and it's just like, I, it's a toss-up to me. I, I, I don't even know. I, it's like the toss-up between the rest of the league being too smart for the Knicks and the Knicks ju- just being too stupid for themselves. I don't hate them not trading O'Quinn. They have him for another year. Yeah, though. no, I'm happy about that. Yeah, he's only tw- like I know like he's he's old, I guess air quotes, but he's only 27. You have him under the under the under a contract and a pretty fit like 4 million dollars for one more year. Um you can still move him in the offseason come to the draft. His value might be higher than two. So the Courtney Lee stuff is I think it's a little more interesting because I don't know why you're the O'Quinn thing I get it, and maybe you think he could be there for four or five more years too. Like maybe that's the plan to help him being a one of the but somebody has to be a consistent on the roster. You can't just keep turning everybody over all the time and then expect just Kristaps to emerge like, you know, like a phoenix out of the ashes. So somebody has to stay. Like, somebody has to. Uh, the Courtney Lee one to me is a little surprising. But they moved They moved some pieces. I know some people are not that thrilled with the Billy stuff. But uh, maybe this is just one of those deals where, like, we'll listen to offers, and if we don't hear anything that we think's of value, we'll just stand pat. And I think that's kind of okay. I know that's not great, but I think it's okay. I think it's okay. I mean, I'm fine with both of, it, both of them sticking around. Like, they'll both be beneficial to have around on the team. You know, Lee's not going to be able to offer any kind of real on-court, you know, ability within the, the time frame of, uh, of Chris Stops getting back. But, like, oh, Quinn being here for a, a good amount of time, if they could resign in the summer, then I'm good with that. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's just kind of, like, surprising that it just didn't happen. You know what I mean? Um, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what the... Uh, the timeline becomes um, before we totally move off of Knicks players. I'm kind of curious because this is heated up a little bit in a few days. Is there any chance that Joakim Noah accepts less money on a buyout? No. <laughs> you know, it, there's I, I don't know why why we're we even wasting our time. There's there, there's no chance. There's no chance. I mean, yeah, just a little. Just give us one year back, Joakim. Just give us 17 million dollars. Hometown discount. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's not. Come on, Hell's Kitchen not. own. The the only chance we had was if the magic would have taken him back in that just God awful Alfred Payton deal. That's why I'm almost more happy about the Moody deal is that we didn't get Alfred fucking Payton. Yeah. I like him better than Payton. And I think that's what we've all kind of resorted to. Yeah. But outside of that, I mean, yeah. So I I, I don't know. There's no way Noah's leaving. He's not going to get bought out. I hope they don't stretch him. Just, don't, the, I, don't stretch him. Do not. The thing that I don't, next year, thing, I'm fine with stretching him, but not not now. No, the thing that I don't understand is this is this, just this is the Marbury playbook 101. This team stinks. There's no KP at least till February of next year. At least uh, if everything goes. Uh, so th- this is already year two. Let this year go by. Don't even think about it. He's already away from the team. Let him go next year. You're going to stink again the whole year mm-hmm. because KP doesn't come back. Year three is a wash. 
Noah, whether he plays or not next year, it doesn't matter. Team stinks. So when he comes back in year four, now you have an expiring contract that you can trade. Now it's a tradable asset. It makes no sense, especially since KP got hurt. It makes less sense to try to force a move when it's not there. Can I make I would a bold just, prediction? Out of sight, out of mind. Can I make a bold what? prediction? Yeah. I don't think the Knicks are going to have a winning record for a 10-year span. Well, that's that's gross. I uh, think the next that, time I'm they make even, the playoffs is 2022. I'm not even I'm not even ready to be that upset. Okay, like no, that's that, 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 that depressing. I'm not even ready to be that depressed. Yeah, but it's getting fucking up there. Like the amount of years I'm picturing here, like we could realistically go actually a, a legit seven years without having like a record above 500 or in the playoffs or anything like that. And that's that is fucking just abominable. Good sad. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, you know how I know it's bad. Thanks for the condolences, Joe. Well, I don't know what you want me to tell you. Like I'm I, like, listen, I don't. I saw people talking about the Yoking Noah stretching, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You guys are gonna be bad for a few years. Why ruin cap space when you have a chance to be good in like four or five years to stretch out a deal? Just eat it. Just eat it now. Be bad. Deal with like. The, I, I'm going to say from a non-Knicks fan, and I know you're not gonna, like Knicks fans don't like hearing it, but you guys do this shit to yourselves over and over all the fucking time. You're like, how can we get immediately better? Let's take on this awful deal. Let's do this awful thing. And you guys have been bad for 30 years because you keep doing these things that you want to happen. And then you're like, boo, James Dolan. And James Dolan's just you guys. Hey, doing this relax. Well, no, no, like, listen, you guys are bad people. Like, just, you're going to you scare doing... off every fucking listener we have here. You just insulted so many people. I'm not saying like as a human being, but I'm saying like how you guys talk about these deals. No, like I know why why stretch out? No, like just eat. Like you guys aren't going to be good in two years. Like you're just not, especially now with the Kristaps injury. Don't even stretch it in the last year. In fact, unless you can trade him in that last year, if somebody wants an expiring contract, and I don't even think that'll be possible then, because I don't think anybody's going to want that dumpster fire even on an expiring contract. Is just eat it, just eat it, just admit the fact that it's a bad deal. Phil Jackson signed him on because they're, you know, he had a big ass, and that's what Phil Jackson apparently likes. And just eat it. Just eat the bad fucking deal. Don't Honestly, make it worse I, over a longer period of time. It's. I think they realized that how bad of a deal that was. I think that had fully sunk in within 20 games, uh, you know, last year. Like, as soon as he was able, it was, was it last year? No, it was this year that he had the suspension for the uh, the drug thing, but... As soon as he was able to play and they saw how bad he was, oh my goodness, they... Well, this this is my progression last year. They signed him, right? And immediately I was like, this is just the fucking stupidest thing you could have done. And then, you know, a couple weeks go by, and now, as, as writers for this site, we can't just be like, well, guys, it sucks, it's always going to be terrible, that's it, and then never talk about it again. I was like, well, let's try to find, not positives, but let's try to find the rationale. And at the I'm same like, right. time, we're trying to figure out how to handle the Derrick Rose. Whole yeah, yeah. So, so I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay. So you're trying to give Melo one last hurrah. You, you move Robin Lopez to get Derrick Rose here. So you give him a guard, which we haven't had. You're going to assume that or hope that he's finally fully healthy. He's hopefully more than 50% of his former self. I, It's a terrible risk, but sure, why not? And now you lost Robin Lopez. You want to get another big who could pass a little bit and defend. So you try to recoup that in, in Joaquin Noah, which I don't understand the gross overpay, but okay. So like my progression was, okay, well, Noah's here now. 
if he could just like be 75% of his former self, maybe things won't be so bad. And then I saw him play in the, they played a game against Memphis in like the first week of November and him and Courtney Lee just had like a really, really, that, that was his best game as a Nick, I think. And he had a really good defensive game. He had like seven assists. He was trapping like crazy. I'm like, Oh, I mean, if you're going to get this Joe Kim, this looks like 80% or so of what he used to be then good. I, I hope we see this most of the time when he plays, if that's the case, this would be great. And then we never saw it again. Like it was only that once. game. It was once. A and, and, then, and, and then like, yeah, there'd be a possession here and there. Cause I mean, that happens for every NBA player, but it just was no longer good after that. And that's, that was my progression. I was like, it stinks. And I was like, okay, I mean, it's going to stink, but here's maybe a good thing that could happen saw one good thing happen for one game and then it immediately stunk again and then has only stunk since. So, yeah. so we're just to kind of veer off that for a little bit. Uh, we're going to go youth movement right now. Both of our two way players are currently in the game. Uh, Isaiah Hicks and Luke Cornett. Uh, <laughs> Joe, do you have any, any insight on these guys? You- Is it Cornette or, or like a fancy French last name, like Cornet? Let's make a Cornet because it sounds like he can be good. Yeah. He wasn't a good college player. Um, I just was saying that in the Knicks Wild Slack before. But he shoots threes, not particularly well. I believe he made one since he's since he's played tonight. But um, I'm shocked that, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm shocked he's in the NBA, to be completely honest. So, yeah, he's probably not going to be a Nick for very long. I mean, he's tall and he's white and he plays power forward and he can shoot a little bit from three. Going to call him Proto Zingas from now on. Steve Novak. Yeah, or just Steve Novak. He's got more of a like he really just looks like a like a sad version of Porzingis. <laughs> like a really depressed version of the Porzingis. Yeah. He's like, the NBA. God, this um, Porzingis with live. a tough life. What what'd uh, you say, Kyle? What do you want to call him? Luke Cornet? Cornet. 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 Yeah, I mean Luke Cornet is great. Luke Cornet sucks. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd be way out on Luke Cornet, but Luke Cornet you could talk me into. Yeah, six man of the year award. He just he, oh, he did not even make it near the room for that alley-oop attempt. In the first. <laughs> do, you, do you guys want to do a, a quick rapid fire of the other trades that happened today? Yeah, yeah. Not, not, Let's not, move, not like, move not like, off of this. Not, not like deep analysis, but just like loved it, hated it. All right. Well, that kind of thing. do you want to start Cavs? I fucking love what the Cavs did. They went ape shit. They went. They, they, they took care of every offseason mistake. In one foul swoop. God damn, like that was bold as shit. They just went in there and just like took a racer to a fucking pen and got Isaiah out of there. Got Rose out of there. Got Rose out of, there. out of there. Crowder's out of there. Wade is out of there. Fry is out of there. Channing, yeah, Channing Fry is out taking his podcast elsewhere. Shumpert's Sh- out. They traded. Shumpert's out. Yeah, Shumpert's got they two. Six players. That's in, that's fucking incredible, and they got back Clarkson. They got back you know Larry Nance Jr. You know oh, some shit. solid players. Um, they Rodney got George Hill. Hill, who that contract's probably not going to be good past this year. But the other ones I could definitely see like being worthwhile to have on their team. 
Um, yeah, I, I think that they did pretty fucking well. I don't know. They got younger, more explosive. If LeBron leaves, they're still in a decent position. I mean, not yeah. good, but like, it's way better. They got rid of a ton of dead weight. Isaiah Thomas and his chemistry issues. So yeah, I think Cleveland it's couldn't so have funny. done any possibly any better today than, than think, they did. Did you guys I see think, that? Do you guys see that gif of uh, the fucking grandpa from The Simpsons walking into the bar? You know, the one where he like walks in, does yeah. a circle, and walks away. And it's a it's a Cavs hat on the coat rack first. And he like he walks it, he puts it on the rack, he has it on, and he's walking, does his circle, and there's like a Lakers hat that's <laughs> over there too, and he just grabs the Lakers hat on his way out and walks out the door. No, uh, no, oh I was gonna say it's, it's doubly good for the Cavs because first of all, it's just addition by subtraction. Like you got all those stinky, underachieving, disappointing, cancerous, oh. all of them. You got all of them out, and then. On top of that, all the players you replace them with are pretty significantly better for the guys that are going to eat a bulk of the minutes, I would say. Like, Larry Nance is a really solid young guy, a really good role player. Clarkson has his flaws. I mean, he can score, but he has other flaws, a big contract. But George Hill has been very good and very consistent for a long time, you know, at the guard's position. Rodney Hood's been a, a very good, underrated guy out west for a while with Utah. So I just felt like they, I, I almost don't know how they pulled off what they pulled off. I mean, we'll we'll see how much it improves here midseason, but yeah, yeah, man. So I don't know. So I, I think I saw you saying today that you think that they're they're now rejuvenated enough to make the finals. You think it yeah, takes them past Boston, takes them past Toronto. Well, For me, it does. I think it depends on your opinion of the other Eastern Conference teams because I it's not that I didn't believe that the Celtics maybe had talent, but they have a a top, a bottom 10 offense in the NBA. And things already slow down enough once you get to the playoffs that if you have a bottom 10 offense that's dependent on you know, a second year guy, a third year guy playing, you know, as your third and fourth options. And, you know, Al Horford, who isn't going to fill it up. It's just going to be a bunch of Kyrie isos if you have a bottom 10 offense in the regular season. So I just felt like between that, you know, I thought unless the Raptors made a significant move. I mean, I know they're having a really good year, a better year as a whole. I just felt like I'm not really. As bad as the Cavs have been, I was just like, I don't know. I, I still feel like LeBron's just going to be LeBron and pull it out. I just think that the Raptors, I mean, I'm watching the Raptors bench play against us right now as we speak, so it's a little skewed, but I think they have a really good, so they have some really good chemistry in their bench is the only reason I think could take them far. I think that might be the only thing that really stops Cleveland is that these guys have to, you know, learn how to play together, but it's a lot of talent. That's for damn sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I just think that, yeah, now they improved everything. Half the team has been improved instant, instantly. Yeah. And they're still waiting on Kevin Love to come back. Yeah. I, I just feel like, I, I don't know. I, I don't see how this team doesn't get to the finals with the upgrades that they made. I, was this, I don't know. Did LeBron know that Isaiah was leaving last night? Did you see how he scorned Isaiah on that? Yeah, that was uh, the seat cushion. Yeah, go for Chetty Osmond instead. He just flat out ignored Isaiah. It was crazy. 
Uh, it's good to see Dwayne Wade going back to Miami. Um, that one surprised me. It's cool for him. I mean, like, you know, I think he knows that he's shot and this is going to be the end for him. So might as well do it where it all matters. You know, I was just shocked that I, I didn't think Wade was going to be the, one of the guys that went in the fire sale. I just kind of figured that even if you demoted him a little bit to like eighth man or something, I felt like that's a guy that you would have wanted. But I don't help. You he wouldn't even have been eighth man. He would have been out of the rotation completely. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, especially likely, with Osman looking but... good and like just all the the you know they got all these players there who, who are working for them. I I just think also I was just surprised that they I, I was just surprised they didn't keep him around. I just well, felt like they uh, they would have. It, he wasn't really part of the fire sales the thing. They asked him like you know your they were like your role is going to be reduced. Would you rather us just get you out of here? And he said yeah. Just you know I think there was something like Miami probably offered to take him back. Knew that Cleveland was going to make some moves, and they probably, you know, they definitely ran it through him and his agent before they did that. I think I saw that confirmed with uh, with Woj. Um, he's old. Yeah, no, he's can done. Can, he's done. Quick, Isaiah, can I ask you guys a question about Isaiah Thomas? Sure. Because I don't know the answer, and it feels like I feel like I'm going to be giving a take here, but it's really a question. So, like, he was like a high volume guy before Boston that wasn't like winning games and wasn't particularly good. He gets to Boston, he's really, 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 really good, but his usage is super high. Still doesn't play defense, but it didn't matter because the team was built offensively around him. And then super small sample in Cleveland. But then, like, not only was he cancerous kind of on his way out with the Boston deal, and I know, like, part of that's Ainge's fault as well, but then he's cancerous the moment he hits the Cleveland organization. Is he actually, is he good? Like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I know he's good, but is he good? I think, do you know I, what I mean? See, I think he, he, he was good. He's not going to ever be as good as he was. And I think now he's putting all this pressure on himself to be like that. Like, if he just didn't do his fucking like TV show and like, uh, you know, tried to stay out of the spotlight a little bit and, ha- you know, got this, this chip off his shoulder and just tried to be a part of this team, then I think he would be, you know, he would be fine, but I there's too many. He sets up too many distractions for himself, man. I just I just don't think he's his he's fully into his game as much as he thinks he is. Does he have like that Derrick Rose mindset where he thinks he he's does? Like, he has he a got, he has a fucking Derrick Rose mindset, you know? Yeah, yeah. But Derrick Rose also didn't have like the most efficient year or like one of the most efficient years in NBA history last year. I think that's what a lot of the true. But he had an MVP Isaiah. season. Like it all comes from the same place. Yeah, I, I suppose, but I listen. No, I, I think I think, Thomas I think wasn't, like he was good, but he wasn't great before Boston. Like Isaiah, he wasn't anybody's radar to be like a good player. Do you no, know what I mean? Honestly, he's, I he was think, a 60th pick. He was, you know, like it's just one of those things where it's like he defied these odds, and he's not going to take no for an answer anymore. But he kind of right. has to realize when to take no for a fucking answer because it's really started to hurt him, and you know how much he's going to make, where he's going to be in his career, what his role is going to be. He's burning a lot of bridges. What I think is that he's the kind of, it's always been like a hot topic of how to build around volume scores. And a lot of them are very particular because they do one thing and they do one thing very well, which is score. And you have to have really a carefully crafted team around them for be, for them to be successful. For example, look at, Carmelo Anthony is the much maligned guy that's a high volume scorer, you know, over his career, right? Those early years with Denver, you didn't really hear a peep about him being, uh, I guess, a guy you can't truly win with. You know, he was still kind of young in Denver. He only he ended up playing nine years there, but 
you get my point. But um, those guys need a very specific kind of team around them. And when you don't have that team around them, their, you know, weaknesses are really brought out. And then the team is generally, it, it suffers horribly because what they do isn't, it's not conducive of success, I guess. But when you do have that one good year, it's amazing how the narrative changes. Like for a couple of years, it was Isaiah Thomas can't hang around. He was a journeyman. He's a volume scorer. He doesn't, you know, he's not going to help you win. Then you put him in Boston, Boston builds a fun overachieving team first with him. And then they built what looked like an actual contender with him. He has a great, you know, MVP caliber year and the narrative changes. Then he comes back and doesn't fit in with the Cavs. I know maybe he's not a hundred percent healthy yet, but you start to think, well, look when he doesn't fit, when the scheme doesn't work around him, when the team isn't built around him, look at how kind of awful he looks. His shots aren't lining up. The shot selection is bad. And it kind of reminds me of how we look back at Melo's 2012 year when he was very efficient. He played the four. They had the team built well around him. Tyson Chandler had a great defensive player of the year season. Um, uh, they had other, you know, three point shooters surrounded him guys that could move the ball. They had like just the exact right kind of guys to be successful with Carmelo. And then as soon as a couple of those guys left, the team fell apart. And then after that, it was where, you know, we all know the story. So that that's, I guess what, what it is. I, I don't know that it's not conducive of success, but to be successful with those guys, you have to be really, really careful about how you build the team. Can I, well, that doesn't can seem I, ideal. It's not ideal. It's not, but that's why I'm always like worried about when we talk about these guys good. Cause I'm like, well, yeah, they're good but they're also just very difficult to build around. Like there's guys, you know, that just aren't difficult to build around. That's why they're like the ideal prospects. And then you get guys like this, that it becomes harder. So can I interrupt you for a sec yeah. to let you know that, uh, according to the next wall group chat, Bailey Carlin has officially started fake tanning. Whoa. Your thoughts. I thought until just now, Bailey was black. No, Bailey's very, very white, in fact. Incredibly. <laughs> in fact, probably the most. Yeah. He, so, yeah, this, was a, this game is a shocker to me, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm... I'm. Uh... You thought he was black? <laughs> I did. I don't know why, man. I just did. I wasn't. I, wasn't I thought this explains why he retweets Barstool people all the time. Ooh. Spicy. Yes. I mean, his avatar on Twitter has been, like, Carmelo Anthony and then Barack Obama for a long time. So I guess I could see where that mistake was made. Um, any other, all right, let's get back on track here. Any other, uh, give me, give me one more trade that you guys liked from throughout the day. Oh, uh, I, I don't, I'm just trying to think now. Cause the obvious thing in everyone's mind is the, I don't hate job. Uh... The Pistons getting Jameer Nelson. I was just about to say that one. All right. It, it's, it, I don't know. It's, it's like an okay move. I, I don't I, think it's, it's going to help them, I'm but saying, they didn't give up shit. Like they gave Willie Reed away. It doesn't yeah, matter. Willie Reed get cut already? He got suspended so. for like uh, a couple of games for a domestic violence incident. So uh, I, th- I think they waived him or they're looking to wave him. They have, they have 9,000 bigs, the Bulls do, because they got Von Lay too in another trade, right? So. The Bulls, probably, they can't carry all those bigs. But yeah, Nelson, like, listen, Detroit, Stan Van Gundy, I love that dude. Used to love him on high, uh, Labrador's radio show. 
But uh, he's not going to be great. But, you know, he'll give you 18 minutes off, probably not even 18 anymore, 14 minutes off the bench and be decent. They're trying. They're they're clearly trying to be better right now, and uh, a lot of the other trades that happened today outside the Cleveland stuff, and then obviously the Knicks stuff. But that's because we're so emotionally invested. Doesn't really matter because like nobody honestly cares that GM and Bryce Johnson got swapped. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought Bruno getting released was interesting. I know he's two years from being two years away, but well, not, not, it's like two years behind, right? Wasn't it yeah. like nine years ago? Yeah, something like that. I was just surprised that he couldn't even stick around on the Kings. Uh, I do have a question, though. I feel like Utah didn't get enough of Rodney Hood. Like, what did they? He... What did they really get back for that? Like, they waved Derrick Rose. They got Joe Johnson away. It's former MVP Derrick Rose to you, sir. <laughs> it's so good to see him being waved. I wish I could have seen him in a Utah Jazz jersey just a couple of times. But what did they that's probably why they had to wave him. He wouldn't have went to Utah. I know. Oh, yeah. Apparently, Isaiah Thomas uh, is not going to stick around with the Lakers unless he starts, by the way. Magic already said he's not starting. He said in all caps, he is going. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's Isaiah versus Magic now. Did, well, did you guys see my... Round two. Did you guys see my good tweet today? No, about, tell us about your good tweet. Uh, yeah, you guys haven't seen a good tweet from you yet. Yeah. Well, I had a, I had a tweet. I had a tweet of the Isaiah Thomas holding his phone in the car. That picture where yeah. he's like smiling into it. And I shot two out first. The first one I sent out was uh, in quotations like, yes, Danny, I, you know, uh, mission accomplished in Cleveland. Basically, I'm on my way to ruin Los Angeles. <laughs> Did OK. Did OK. And it's funny because it, he has like a little grin in the picture, too. So it, it makes the picture. But. That one did okay, you know, a couple hundred retweets and likes, nothing crazy. Then I put another one, rapid fire. I said, in quotations, Lonzo Ball, question mark? More like Lonzo crawl into the back seat. Oh, I saw this. Get out of here. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. It's way better. And then the second one, you don't know how many times I got quote tweeted with the emoji crying faces. We're almost at 2,000 retweets and we're at 300 likes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you don't know how many people are just like, chill, chill. This is Lonzo's team now. Big baller, bitch. And I'm like, hey, man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my I hate the I hate the, the LeVar Ball people. Uh, They're called well, big ballers. Uh, I just got a quote retweet just now that says, and if you guys understand this, you let me know. The quote tweet says, neck like your neck. Neck the fuck. Neck the fuck ass. What? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Neck I don't know what ass. that means. <laughs> Two exclamation points. They were they meant it. Oh, he's mad. That guy's mad. Neck yeah. the fuck ass, man. Neck the fuck ass. Neck That's the a fuck ass. Should I'd wear that t-shirt. Bailey. All right. Um. Oh, uh, biggest news though. Jimmy yeah. G. Got paid. Oh yeah yeah. Hey. Ooh, this is he's yeah, this, guy. This, this is a noted NBA podcast, but Jimmy G got paid twenty-seven million dollars over the next five years. So, I did well, see that each year for the next I, five years. It's like one hundred thirty-seven million dollars. The deal. I really don't know anything about football contracts, but that does seem extraordinarily high. He's good looking. That's my. I don't really follow football, but uh, yeah. I saw a picture of him today with the like the picture with the money bags around him, and. Uh, my first take wasn't really about the money. It was like, man, I wish I looked as handsome as that guy. Don't we he all? Is, 
He's very handsome. He's very handsome. There's nothing. There's nothing you can do about it. He's very handsome. It's. Do you guys not, think he got traded away because Tom Brady was jealous that he was good looking, or do you think sure. it was because? For, no, for I, sure. Yeah, that's. I didn't think it was much about the playing aspect. I think it was about the looks. You know what I mean? He's had plenty of decent or okay backups before. This guy is just unreasonably handsome. Right, Ryan Mallon wasn't you know gonna rival Tom Brady in the looks department, so he had no pri- pri- problem with Ryan Mallet. But now Jimmy G, you know. Wait, uh, real quick, because I, I, I'm out on all this. We never answered my question as to whether or not we thought Utah got too little. Jay Crowder, points. baby. Okay. Jay Crowder is your answer for Rodney Hood? I like Jay Crowder a lot. I know he hasn't been particularly good this season, and he might, just be, he might just be a total product of the Boston system. Boston system. But, uh, yeah, sure. I thought they were supposed <laughs> to get a first-round pick for Rodney Hood. I don't see. I'm well, looking at the. I don't see any first round picks. You don't need a first. You don't need a first round pick when you have Jay Crowder, who, according to ESPN, is the 30th, 38th best player in the NBA, one spot ahead of 39th best player, Demar Derozan. Wait, what? Is that you don't real? remember that? Yeah, from ESPN ranked this summer. Oh, Demar, Demar Derozan was 39. Jay Crowder was 38. Oh my That's God. bad. Tomorrow, Rosen really doesn't get the respect he deserves. That dude. Nope. He is. Nope, I because... think this year he's getting plenty of respect. But finally, he had took him putting up like thirty-five a night for like like thirty games. All people complain about is like, oh, he doesn't shoot enough threes. Now Toronto's shooting more threes this year, and nobody cares. Like they changed the way they play basketball, and nobody cares because they're just like, oh, well, it's just the Raptors, and it's like, no, it's not. Like they totally changed how they play. Fucking dicks. I hate. Ba- I hate basketball fans. I love you guys and the guys listening. I'm talking about everybody else that doesn't listen. Yeah, stop insulting our fucking audience. This is my brand, man. This is why you're a part of this me. brand now. All right. All right. <laughs> are we done? Are we done here? Can we can we start doing some plugs? Yeah, yes, there's a plugs. <laughs> All right. Uh, first and foremost, go listen, rate, review, and subscribe to the Off the Wall podcast hosted by the fantastic Joseph Nardone and the sometimes okay Jared Mintz. Um, no, we love Jared. He's much better at this than I am. So yeah, he's great. Yeah, they're both great and it's a good show and it's part of the Knicks wall podcast network. So we would love it if you would go ahead and uh, be a fan of that. That would be nice. And while you're there, if you haven't already, you can leave us a rating, give us a review, uh, subscribe to us. That would be that would be really cool too. Um, what's going on on the website right now? Let's take a look. Take a look. Uh, at we have up. we have a lot. No, we have a lot. We have, we have a lot. The, yeah, we have the trade analysis, obviously, of the Emmanuel Moutier trade. Mm-hmm. So that's up there. Um, the first reaction yeah. written by Ty. Yep. I think um, by the time this comes out, too, Mike should have a reaction piece up too as well, right? Yep. Um, we also have uh, another thing by Ty because I'm just very happy he's back. He uh, put out a game <laughs> plan. Pickup. No, I, I really am. I, I'm thrilled to have Ty back. I, I'm not even being sarcastic. I really am. No, but, I think uh, he's seems happy to be back. Uh, yeah, and well, he put out a <laughs> he put out an article that says what now a game plan to pick up the pieces in Porzingis's absence, and a lot of people have liked that so far. So it, it's good. It's, make sure it's you check necessary. that out. I mean, it is. It really is. Um, so let me just check for anything else here. 
Uh, um, obviously, got, the Billy trade, a little bit of analysis from uh, yeah. JB there. We'll catch up on that. He talks about second round picks and like, you know, when second round picks might convert and what the, that looks like there. And, you know, just like kind of the odds of, of actually landing something valuable. Um, I think that's probably about it. Uh, we'll have a new off the wall up on Monday, as always. And we will be back to talk to you on Tuesday. Um, Joe, thanks a ton for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I love you guys. Of course, we love you, too. Yep. We'll talk to you later. See you in the chat. Kyle. Uh, take it easy. Take it easy. And all of you listening. See you later. It's it's going to get better. I don't know when. But it's going to get probably, better. Probably never, but we're here. Liar. It's, Liars. We'll talk to you later. Thank you.